Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Today's show is about the disaster that has struck our home state of Texas. And there's a lot of, uh, obviously this hurricane has been devastating to a lot of folks on up through uh, southern Texas. A lot of you have been very nice and sent us emails and posted things on our Facebook pages and whatnot, worried about us. We are on the edges of the storm, so the only thing we really experienced was a lot of rain. Um, you know, so nothing to worry about with regards to your coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. But your, your uh, concerns about us were very much appreciated, and I really want to thank you for that. So what we're going to do today is we're going to walk you guys through exactly what you need to be doing to essentially be of service to others when a disaster strikes your market. And I'm going to tell you guys a real quick story. Um, and there was a coaching client we had up in Big Bear. And Big Bear was in California, and Big, you know, still is, obviously. And it was a, a resort area. A lot of skiing happens up in the uh, you know, Big Bear area in the winter. And then and during the summer, a lot of people go up there just to camp. So you in Southern California, Big Bear is usually something that virtually everyone in Southern California has as part of their annual repertoire of things to do. Well, b fire struck Big Bear. This was some time ago. And it basically was so bad that a lot of the little houses up there, a lot of them were second and third homes, cabins and whatnot, were completely wiped out. The road up to Big Bear was closed. We had a coaching client up there, and uh, one of our superstars. And what he did is he stayed there. His house was – he had prepared for the, the fire. He had, you know, wasn't in the real uh, central part of town. His house didn't have any timber around it. So he was comfortable staying there. He stayed there, and what he did is that during the fires, after the fires started to calm down and after he could start getting out with his truck, he drove around, and he started taking pictures. Now, remember, the road was closed, so no one other than the firefighters knew what was going up there. He took pictures. He was able to, with his cell phone to actually start communicating on all of his you know, emails with his past clients and whatnot, and then he started doing reports of every single person's house that was one of his centers of influence and past clients. He would drive by, and he would do a damage assessment of every single house and let people know what was going on. Well, he started out just by doing that just because he needs something to do to occupy his time and give him an excuse to drive around and whatnot. But what happened after that was something quite miraculous. Um, the word got out that he basically was up there, and people who weren't his centers of influence and past clients started asking him to uh, check out their properties. And then from there, basically, he became the number one realtor uh, in that market, or like one of the top five anyway. And I, I, maybe, you know, there was some probably a lot of steps between those that picture taking and his, and his success, but you guys get the idea. Basically, he was what most people do when they're in a disastrous situation is they turtle up. They basically just start focusing on themselves. They completely and uh, totally you know, look for the, the deepest, darkest cave, and they just wait for the storm clouds to pass. True leaders, what they'll do is they'll recognize the fact that their highest and truest purpose on this planet, you guys have heard this before, is being of service with other, for other folks. And if you're in a market like Houston or if you're in a market like uh, you know, any of these markets in the winter, sometimes you have these horrible snowfalls. And you know, just guys all over the country, there's no part of the country that's immune uh, to some sort of natural disaster. When you're in a situation like that, 
absolutely positively, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your family first. Just like when you're sitting in a plane and the plane is ready to take off, what does the steward tell you to do? Put your mask on first before you put the mask on the person next to you. But once your mask and the person next to you's mask is secure, then what we want you to do is follow Julie's plan. And she's going to give you guys a step-by-step plan of exactly what you should do when disaster strikes. So just keep these things in mind as we go through these points. Now, before we get to our points, and we're going to post the actual notes that Julie is reading from on um, our website, Tim and Julie Harris. And we're not going to. And so, Mr. Show Producer, please just cut and paste and drop these in, opposed to just doing a show summary on the website, because I want all brokers, office managers, all agents, all of our listeners, 100,000 regular listeners, I want you guys to download this and just save this in the event that basically you're in a situation where you need to know what to do when disaster strikes. Guys, by the way, disaster could also be an economic disaster. Disaster could be terrorism. Disaster could be anything that basically is disruptive in people's normal course of uh, lives. They look for leaders, and that's the main thing I want you to remember as we go through today's and probably tomorrow's podcast. So, Julie, I know you want to um, acknowledge some folks that are continuing to make our book the number one bestseller on Amazon in all of our uh, most important categories. And if you guys haven't downloaded the book yet, it's Harris Rules, and the reviews that we're getting are just absolutely fantastic. We really appreciate it. And like I said, within 48 hours, basically, it became a number one bestseller um, on Amazon. So if you haven't grabbed the book yet, please do go over to Amazon and just put in Harris Rules. The book is available on Kindle for now. Kindle allows you to basically read the book on any device, not just the Kindle device. So Kindle's an app, so you can read it on your computer, your iPhone, your Android, your whatever. So uh, you know, there's no excuse not to get it. It's only 99 cents through the 15th of next month. And when the 15th of next month rolls around, our um, publisher is going to raise the price to 15 bucks. So please grab it for 99 cents now. It's in pre-marketing. Uh, and please do give us a review after you've read a couple chapters. Just don't give us a fake review, actually, you know, because you guys are just wanting to be nice. I want you to go and read a chapter or two and then leave us a review. That's, you know, let's do this whole thing authentically and let's not be fakey dudes like so many other people in this world. So, Julie, I think you have a test or a book review to read that you'd like to share with our listeners. Yes, and this is from Erica Ragsdale. Thank you so much, Erica, for this uh not just, as Tim said, you know, token review, but there's some great detail in here, and I really appreciate what she wrote. She said, I work as an agent in new home construction, and your strategies work in this field. You have broken the mold as far as coaching in this sector of real estate. There are coaching industry standard superstars. However, the Harris team make it so easy to understand and apply. I find myself after listening to an industry standard coach that I walk away feeling like a, uh, the blueprinted roadmap hasn't actually been clarified. I feel I need more straight talk and less fluff. With Tim and Julie, I've never walked away from a podcast feeling that I don't have relevant tools to stand out, get new perspective, and work smarter. The coaching for prospecting, relationship building, work ethic, objections, scripting, figuring out what you need to live your best life, and most importantly, how to help the most people at the highest level and best way. That, I could go on and on but uh, about how much I appreciate Tim and Julie's insight and frankness. Their podcast has opened my eyes to the reality of real estate and what it takes to be successful. Harris Rules has told the truth about mapping out a way to gain more financial control over one's life. I'm thankful for the hard facts, especially in the world of spin. Buying this book is like an investment in your continued education, but in the most practical, applicable way. Thank you. Well, thank you, Erica Ragsdale. We super appreciate that. And I love that you drilled down on what it's about and how you can use that in a practical, applicable way. You know, the book doesn't matter if you guys don't use it, and I can tell that Erica is somebody who's embracing it and actually implementing. Um, and well, one more quick one. 
Yeah, well, clearly, yes, you know, <laughs> I mean, and she's using yeah, it. Clearly so, she read it. You uh, can tell she read it, yes. Yeah, so this one's from Greg, and it's a little shorter. An amazing book must read by all realtors who are serious about making the move to the next level. This book motivates as well as helps you to have the mindset to make it. It also helps you to focus and learn how to run your business and become more profitable. Thank you, Coach Tim and Julie. After all, one of the rules is that profit is your product. So on to our disaster relief podcast, if you're ready, Tim. Yes. Now, what we're going to do is on the uh, main website, timandjulieharris.com, we are um, going to leave a bunch of links. Julie, you don't need to read them, obviously, but the links are essentially okay. the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, Catholic Charities USA, driscollschildrens.org, uh, spca.org. So these are all, um, you know, we're giving direct links. Um, we're giving, uh, you know, phone numbers, all the ways you guys can contact and help through those charities. And Julie and I are big advocates, obviously. Uh, well, maybe you guys don't know, but we're big advocates of um, anything to do with humane societies and whatnot. I remember very clearly after, well, there's been, you know, just even after the Great Recession hit, I remember when uh, in Vegas, we were, Julie and I were doing a speaking event, and somebody came up to us and said we, they heard that we were advocates and we helped and donated money to, you know, our, uh, just basically that was one of the things we really focus on. And when we were being, uh, when we were donating money, Julie is a, you know, we do dog rescue. We do all kinds of things on a personal level that we don't talk about on this podcast, but, you know, this is something Julie and I have always done. It's something we have a lot of, I uh, dare I say, passion for. And so, um, yeah, so spca.org. But we had somebody come up to us, and she said, look, one of the things that people have done, and this was in Vegas, when they basically abandon their houses, a lot of them have abandoned their dogs and their cats and their birds and their lizards and all these other things. In some cases, they've literally just left them in the vacant houses. Other cases, they've just dropped them off the doorstep at just these various humane societies, and they're just overwhelmed. And it's, it really broke our hearts, and that was in an opportunity for us to make a contribution. And if you guys are not even if even if you aren't in Texas, please do consider helping whatever charity resonates the most with you. But don't do nothing. That's the main thing. So along the lines of doing something, please write these points down and and really drill down on what you can be doing today. Remember, you might live up in Ohio, or you might live in some other part of the country where you're so far removed from Texas, you just basically maybe you heard about the floods down the Houston area just in passing. Well, this information will still be relevant to you because if you're up north, winter is coming. You know, if you're down in Southern California, well, earthquakes. There's all kinds of, you know, needs for uh, need, leaders are always needed during times uh, where there's a lot of, uh, you know, disasters and whatnot. So just put this in your back pocket mentally or emotionally, or if you're able to help now or if you're in Texas, maybe this is something you put front and center. So point number one, Julie. Yes, indeed. So point number one is stay calm and be committed to being of service. Be the leader in your community. This must be your mindset when disaster strikes your area, just like Tim's story about uh, your client in Big Bear. He remained calm so that he could be the leader. So take a breath. No freaking out. No holding up. Just be calm. Stay calm and carry on, as the Brits say. Point number two, put your own oxygen mask on first. What is your plan to deal with disaster? A go bag, water, emergency plan for picking kids up at school. Where are you going to actually board your pets if necessary? A medication bag, important documents bag. Financially, if you don't already have a six-month reserve, that has to be a goal immediately. We talk about that in the Harris Rules book. We talk about that in the treasure map. Have a plan. Why? If you don't take care of yourself first, how are you going to be able to help anybody else? 
And some of you guys are more or less clear on this if you're actually living in and around Houston. I think some of the chaos is because they didn't expect it. And I, you know, I think some people planned, some people didn't. It's pretty clear now. But even if you don't live in a typical you know, coastal area or a fire area, stuff can happen. You've got to have your plan to deal with disaster. That could just be a random lightning strike to your house. What happens when this stuff happens? Have a plan. Point number three, have a list of evacuation details. Share that list in almost every community you can find that if you simply Google for it. Actually share it with your past client center of influence database. Have a hard copy since their internet and phones will probably go down in a disaster. Now, I made a note of a great door knocking leave behind. Some of you guys are weird talking to people, prospecting at any level, because you don't know what to talk about, you don't know what to give of value. What could be more valuable than a hard copy of evacu evacuation details? I mean, most of the people in Houston weren't planning on evacuating Friday, right? It was just like all of a sudden it got worse, and now what do I do? So. Think about the value of having that stuck to your refrigerator. Oh my God, where's that piece that my agent gave me? That's value. Okay. Well, so let's, kind of let's hover off. Let, yeah. let, well, let's level off here, though. I mean, guys, it is a good idea. Let me make sure I'm not going to step on any of your points. I'm not. It is a good idea. In, in Southern California, a lot of our coaching clients give us gifts, what they call go bags. Now, it's not something you necessarily want to give to somebody who's relocating to Southern California because that might kind of freak them out. But if you live in Southern California during the – and I'll tell you why in a second because you guys don't know what go bags are if you're not in that part of the country. Um, basically, a go bag is a bag that literally has uh, – it's a big duffel bag. It's got everything in it that you need in the event that a earthquake happens. And a go bag is going to be something that you have water, electric, you know, batteries everything medical stuff and it's someplace safe that in the event that there's an earthquake that happens the first thing that happens is all communication goes to hell in other words the telephone lines break the internet comes goes down electric stops working people just totally and completely go apeshit the cell phones basically stop working the whole thing and then they start closing the roads and then you start seeing pictures from helicopters of basically all the the big major roads leaving where the cars just don't move that is what really truly happens in some cases it will happen and i'm not meaning to freak you out or making this sound like a summer blockbuster movie these things are just facts what you need to do and but you know you need to have an actual plan you need to have a go bag you need to have uh, an A, a B, and a C route out of your particular area, someplace you can go that's safe. These are all great ideas to do as closing gifts for folks. And uh, um, we had a coaching client actually in Laguna Beach of all places, and Laguna Beach was always living in fear of fires, and there's only two big roads into Laguna Beach, Emerald Parkway and uh, 133, that and PCH. And when there were fires, and there were fires, didn't happen just like every third or fourth summer, there was a big fear of fires. And sometimes they actually started in Laguna. Virtually all the roads were closed. And then they would try to basically route everyone through the, you know, the least dangerous of all the passes. But if you knew that basically that was going to happen because of the fact that you know it happened in the past, you grab your gold bag and you get the hell out of there. And that's in certain parts of the country, that's a smart thing to do. So consider having a go bag for yourself. Consider having a go bag for your family. Consider having a go bag for a, uh, your centers of influence and past clients. Even your presence. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. this stuff. Again, guys, we're talking disasters, so let's just leave it all out there. Some yeah. of you guys live in parts. I remember when Julie and I were in Mexico. We went down to the Mayan Riviera. We were at this wonderful resort called Tulum. If you guys have never been uh, down to that part of Mexico before, I strongly encourage you to consider going to Tulum. Julie, what was that rural resort we stayed at, that little Echo Lodge place? Azulik. 
Azulek, which is yeah. like an so you guys hour south of Cancun. It was awesome. Beautiful. It was. So Julie and I are down in Azulek. Azulek is famous because there's no Internet connection, no electricity. Um, and, well, I won't tell the whole story because this is <laughs> – there's some other yeah. aspects of it that it's famous for too. But anyway, it's beautiful. It's like the most beautiful place, I think, uh, coastal that we've ever seen. It, it was just like a dream. So, uh, you know, we're down in Azulek. We stayed down there for like, you know, two weeks. It was, gr- it was just great. We're, we almost be- went native. You know, the lizards knew us by our first names. <laughs> One more week we would have been you know, there. Yeah, there's lizards that literally would come up to our the big iguanas, massive iguanas. And because they lived in our cabin that was right on the beach when we weren't, uh, when basically it was vacant, they just assumed that even if it was uh, occupied, they were still going to go in there. So every morning, Julie and I would wake up and there'd be these iguanas that were probably, some of them are two and a half feet long. They were massive looking prehistoric things just staring at us, waiting for our breakfast to be delivered. And when it got delivered, they'd wait there, not very patiently to be fed. So anyway, that was a zillow. So um, we came up from this vacation. It was like in January, and we were, we flew in uh, to Atlanta. I think we flew right in from Mexico to Atlanta. And then when we got off the plane, everybody was on. There was the plane. And no one told us Jack. We no one knew, we didn't know that a blizzard had hit Ohio, basically, and an ice storm. And then Ohio was like the surface of Venus. It was just completely frozen over. So we Julie calls her mom, and you know we get off the plane, and people are sleeping everywhere in the airport. It was just you know one of those situations. It was a disaster. Um, Julie calls her mom, and her mom says, "Julie, what are you doing? You can't go. You, you can't go home. <laughs> there's your the house. There's no electricity in Columbus. Your house is frozen over." Well, at that point, we'd already committed. Fortunately, our flight wasn't canceled, so we fly home. And sure enough, she was right. The whole of our market in New Albany was under frozen so much tundra. ice. It was frozen. It was ridiculous. That you know, just 48 hours before Julie and I were sitting on the prettiest beach ever, and the next moment we're basically at home in New Albany, Ohio. The ice was so thick, guys. And you guys are in that part of the country. You know, I'm not exaggerating. But Julie's like 115, 120 pounds, and she could literally walk on the front yard of our house on top of, <laughs> on the, top ice. of the grass, and it was a big ice rink. And we that had a big weird. front yard. You get it? Yeah, there was so much ice there, but indeed, no electricity. The gas was off. The house was frozen solid. The doors were frozen. It was bizarre. All of our neighbors, literally the whole community was had left. It was bizarre. It, was, it really was one of these movies, like the day after type thing. And But we were there. We had no place to go. All the hotels were booked up because everyone else had left because, you know, the community didn't have electricity or any gas. Fortunately, we didn't have to stay there for very long before things started to come back on. But that was our little epiphany that, A, we need to get the hell out of Ohio, which we did, and, two, that we uh, need to basically be better prepared in case of an emergency. No matter what part of the country you're in, guys, these are great ideas for you to uh, have in your own home so that you're not caught like Julie and I were. And, you know, Julie had this – little collection of hermit crabs at the time poor little fellows all died. I was just thinking about them. I should have had a hermit crab evacuation were. plan. They should have had their own little go bags. Can you imagine some hermit crabs and go bags on the back? <laughs> we would have gotten we're home and they would have been like, screw you people. <laughs> we're going to the fireplace. <laughs> all right, next oh, plate. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, I actually have a plan before it's too late because – you know, you may not think it's happening. I'm sure people in Houston didn't think they were going to have to get the heck out of there either. So uh, let's see. We have number four, create a local Facebook page. If you're in Houston, it might be called We Survived Hurricane Harvey 
or we survived the earthquake of San Juan Capistrano or the fires. You know, Central Texas had fires not too many years ago. Whatever makes sense for your area. Know how to create the page quickly so people can access critical details and connect with your community and their families easily via their cell phones. You might actually do that for your own neighborhood if you've got a community directory. You know, uh, what is the website that's all over the country now? Nextdoor.com slash your neighborhood name. That's another great resource that you can be a contributor to or start your own. But have a resource and not just have it, but make sure everybody knows about it. Point number five, dedicate the days and weeks after the disaster to urgent, caring outreach. This applies obviously to you and your family, your past clients, your neighbors, and anyone you can help. Be the one who cares and be committed to doing what it takes. Phone calls are most efficient, but phones might be down for a long time, so load your car up with water and cookies or Subway sandwiches and make your rounds. I mean, think of Tim's client in Big Bear. He was there. I love the idea of doing a quick bomb-bomb video, especially those of you guys who live in areas where second and third homes, you know, maybe even if they weren't, it wouldn't be great to get a, a video from your agent showing what happened or didn't happen to your house, whether that's tornadoes or whatever is going on. They're probably in a hotel. They're with family. They're somewhere else. I know how great that would make me feel if somebody sent me a picture saying, hey, you can rest well, everything is cool, or here's the damage that I see, you're going to be okay, here's my list of service providers, here's my favorite so roofing company, be of service. Right. So, yes. so, and guys, these are all good things to post on your Facebook page. Um, Julie, let's give them a couple other little quick ideas. Things that Julie and I used to do when we sold real estate. That's right, your coaches actually sold real estate, we're not fake real estate coaches. Anyway, I had to throw that jab in there. But one of the, some of the things that we did when we sold real estate, when there was any kind of anything that happened, is we would always try to do a uh, some sort of uh, fundraiser at our house. And one of the best ones we did, and Julie, I honestly don't remember, was this around September 11th? I think it was actually. Yes. Wasn't it was right after right September after 11th? 11. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So we did we uh, we did like for example, guys. These are just some random ideas, and this is all ways that you can get off your butt and be a, con a contribution or be in contribution to your community, help other people. And then, guys, guys, guess what happens? As a side stream benefit of you being seen as a leader, people will want to do business with you. But we did a charity event at, at our uh, at our house in New Albany, and what we did was we had a. It was just uh, that's all it was. It was basically we were going to raise. I think we were raising money for the troops, or we were. There was something, but I remember what we did is we had a, uh, a palm reader. We hired a palm reader, and she was in part of the house, and you think, well, that's kind of crazy and weird, but guess what? She had people lined up for like three hours to have their palms read. It was crazy how successful that idea was. And then we had, and then it was a big mingling thing. There were, we had a face painter that was there for people that wanted to bring their kids. We invited all of our centers of influence and past clients, mostly in New Albany. But then word got out, and people started crashing it. We had hundreds of people at this thing. Um, we and one of the other things we did is we uh, asked people to uh, when they when they came, we asked them to bring. I think it was canned goods or something. We ended up donating. Wasn't that wasn't it canned goods? Was it? This, I can't. That, we we may be mixing events, but something like that. I mean, yeah. The point at the 9-11 thing was to kind of uh, be charitable, but in a lighter way, like with the face painting, because everybody, if you guys all recall how wound up the whole market was, and nobody knew what was going to happen next, and everybody was freaking out and stressed out. So it was a way to come together. We had a big, uh, you know, flag cake. We had flags in the front yard. You know, that'll just get your, your gears moving on what you can be doing to invite your past uh, clients, your center of influence, your neighborhood, you know, yes. 
An- another idea. There was a great realtor, and she's one of, she's one of our superstars named Sandy Rains. And Sandy, if you're listening, um, mad props to you, woman. So what? Sandy's daughter had a horrible accident. Won't go into what happened. I that. But what happened was next was the community rallied around her and her daughter, and they tied uh, I think it was blue ribbons around trees and whatnot to be in support of the, the, her family's. Uh, you know, the, the, and this the was recovery. forever ago. This is like 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago. But in support of her her, uh, her daughter and her family and all of that. I, I'm sharing that idea with you guys because that's something else you can do in your community. If there's something going on, if there's like a veteran that basically needs help, if there's any Anything that's happening, you guys work on becoming the center of that. Look, we're laying out some specific ideas, but what we're hoping will happen and what usually does happen is there's all this podcast is we plant the seeds in your minds and you guys basically add the water and the sunshine and the fertilizer. Next thing you know, it's a great new idea. These, but what we, what our job is to do is to motivate you, and that's what your job is to do inside your community, inside your family first, and then obviously inside your community. If you can motivate people to be in, in contribution, if the, if you can have uh, basically exhibit the fact that you're in contribution, you will be, you will ascend in the minds of everybody around you because they can see that while everybody else is sitting around watching the bullshit on CNN, you actually are trying to make a difference. And look, guys, go outside of your church. Go outside of your neighborhood. Just literally think big in terms of how you can, how you can actually help. And you can also do it really small. And a really small idea, I told you Julie and I were uh, and still are involved in a lot of animal charities. Well, here's a, here's a smaller idea. And I, we've said this before, and a lot of you guys have used it. We had a promotion that anyone that bought or sold a house with us, we would cover all their adoption fees with the local Humane Society. And it was called uh, Buy or Sell with Me and Adopt a Pet for Free. You guys can have that. Not copyrighted. Use it to your heart's content. People loved it. We got in the local papers for that. We had people that would specifically do business with us because their neighbor's dog came from that program. You guys get the point of it? So when you're feeling the need to basically turn inward, when you're feeling that fearful feel of basically not knowing what to do, I want you to do the exact opposite of what your ego is telling you to do, which is live in fear. I want you guys to think, how can I help other people? How can I get out of my own house, out of my own mind, and, you know, and just focus on being of service to other people? When you do that, your world shifts because people see you on a different level than virtually everybody else. And look, guys, there's going to be a lot of, you know, unfortunately, a lot of disasters economic, man-made, you know, weather, whatever, all that shit's going to happen. It always does, always will. It's called normal. I want you guys to be the beacon, be the, be the lighthouse, be the person in your community that people know to go to. The Facebook page that you set up, all the things that you do in your community, the accumulation of you making a contribution to your uh, community pays off. You all of a sudden will start writing articles in the newspaper. You all of a sudden start being seen as basically the go-to person. When you're doing these reports about what's happening in your neighborhoods, you want to make sure you share that information with your local papers because they'll use that information on their websites and in their print media. You guys get the idea? Really where this starts, what our goal is, is to motivate you to be of contribution. That's really the whole point of today's show, to make you excited about the fact that even though there might be some scary stuff that's happening in the world, you can actually be on the good side of it. You can be on, on, on the side of it that makes people feel that it's going to be okay, like hopefully today's show did, like hopefully our podcast does in general. So listen, guys, we're going to share all these exact points with you. Save it so that when disaster strikes, you're ready. 
if you can be of contribution in any way to the folks in Houston, I strongly encourage you to do it. Please use this plan in the event that you're uh, given the opportunity uh, to essentially be a leader in your community and show how other people can be of contribution to help some, solve somebody else's problem. Be that person. You know, be that leader in your neighborhood. We really sincerely and will forever appreciate you guys helping to make Harris Rules our book on Amazon, a number one bestseller. If you've not purchased it yet, please do go go there and purchase it. And after you've read a chapter or two, uh, give us a, a review. You know, tell us what you really think. There's, you know, dozens of you that have given us a five-star review. I really sincerely appreciate it. It means the world to us. It means that we're on the right path. It means that our mission of being con- of being in contribution to you, of giving you guys no BS clear, easy to understand, applicable, tactical, tactical information, it means that it's resonating with you. Our purpose is actually being rewarded, and proof of it is the sale of that book. Now, just in case you guys are curious, you don't make any money from selling a book, but just, you know, there it is. Please do buy the book. Please do leave a review. If there's anything we can ever do for you guys, uh, obviously Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Again, email us at any time for anything. We will respond to you whether you're a coaching member or not. If there's anything we can do for you, if you'd like to learn more about our coaching programs, just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.